0: This is episode number 384 with Melissa Vong of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 now,
1: the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help.
0: Hey guys, Nathan here. Hope you really enjoy the upcoming episode with today's founder. Now, before we dive in, I just wanted to share something really exciting we're doing at Founder right now. Now, as some of you guys may know, we've been busy building some pretty amazing online programs that can help you start or grow any business on our online educational platform. We get serious weapons to come in and teach for us. These are people that have done it before multiple times. So why am I telling you this? Well, one of the requests that we've been frequently getting is for us to produce more content on how to sell and start a business on Amazon. And I'm genuinely really excited to let you guys know we've had an incredible instructor teach on our platform. We're just about to launch this program. Her name's Melissa Vong, and she's teaching our latest free training on how to sell on Amazon in 2021. Now, she's built multiple multi-million dollar Amazon brands. She's made well over $20 million on Amazon. And she's put together this incredible workshop where she's going to show you exactly how she finds hot products on Amazon and how to get your business absolutely crushing on Amazon. So if you want to know how people are doing this. And if you're a first-time founder that you want to know how to use Amazon, then please go ahead and sign up to founder.com forward slash Amazon training to get on the VIP wait list for this new incredible program that's launching soon. All right, guys, it's founder.com forward slash Amazon training. All right, now let's jump to the show. Hey guys, Nathan here. Hope you're doing well wherever you are around the world. Today's guest is Melissa Vong. Now. Melissa is a serial Amazon entrepreneur and the founder of two multi-million dollar brands, which she started from scratch, scaled, and then sold using what she now calls her prime product method. Now, a single successful product on Amazon is really like what allowed her to quit her job and really like live this incredible lifestyle of building e-commerce brands, and When she started her first business, she made over $30,000 in her very first month. Um, Now, we've asked Melissa to actually teach on the Founder platform in her very new program where she kind of walks you through every single step when it comes to selling on Amazon. So you're going to hear from her like all the incredible wisdom. So if you want to know more, make sure you go check this out. Uh, But without further ado, here's Melissa Vong. Enjoy. Welcome, Melissa. The first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? Okay. how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today?
1: Yeah. I mean, great question. Obviously most people probably kind of get thrust into whatever role they're in today. They don't really do it um, on purpose, but it was kind of by chance. So my background was in car sales, actually. So I worked uh, full time selling cars and essentially, um, you know, just to just to make the the ends meet because I was living downtown in like a 600 square foot condo. Uh, Rent is very expensive in downtown Toronto. So you're always looking for sort of side hustles or things that you can do to be able to not just only afford rent, but be able to uh, enjoy the expensive meals that the city has to offer. So that's what Toronto is kind of known for, right? Their food life. And I am a big foodie. I love food. So to, I guess, feed my food addiction, I would do a bunch of online, uh, like affiliate marketing, build websites, that kind of thing, and then stumbled across Uh, an Amazon FBA ad where I guess it was, I was targeted, obviously ideal customer and everything um, by someone who was selling a plugin. So, you know, naturally watched the webinar and kind of found myself going down this rabbit hole on YouTube, just watching a bunch of videos like, oh, people are selling, you know, the most random, obscure things on Amazon and just absolutely crushing it. You know, in the back of my mind, I thought nothing of it. I've always wanted to start my own company or brand one day, but didn't have the funds to do so, didn't have the resources and didn't have the time. So it was kind of just like a pipe dream uh, until I like, basically uh, a couple of weeks later met someone uh, who had been selling on Amazon for a couple months and it kind of re-sparked my interest in it and naturally had so many questions for them, basically asked them to go for dinner over wings. And yeah, that's what gave me the confidence to jump into. And I was like, you know what, I have to do this. There's no way that I can, you know, continue working a nine to five selling cars, you know, at every beck and call of these customers that call me in on my day off uh, and everything else and just jumped into it and then ended up launching my first brand, which was a botanical skincare company, Namaskara, which has since been acquired and, you know, gone on to start multiple other brands like Orphic nutrition alongside my my partner bryce and ended up selling that company as well recently so um, amazon has definitely you know changed my life for the better
0: so you're teaching an incredible course on how to start a business on amazon fba on on now uh founder platform and our course platform and uh, this is a topic that a lot of people in our community are interested in because it's a very, very interesting business model. So um, can you talk us through kind of what Amazon FBA is and why this model is is really powerful? Like you've started many multi-million dollar businesses, you've started many different brands. like you have a blueprint and formula for this but can you just give context to everyone around this model because, Uh, it's an up-and-coming model from my perspective. It's been around for a while, but it's an up-and-coming model because there's a lot of companies buying and acquiring Amazon brands. So uh, we see a trend here in the marketplace. So I'm curious to hear kind of what is Amazon FBA, what is different as opposed to, you know, starting a Shopify store.
1: In simple terms, Amazon FBA just stands for fulfillment by Amazon. So basically anything that is sold on Amazon's marketplace that is fulfilled by them, that's considered Amazon FBA. So obviously there's different models and business models that you can kind of do selling on Amazon. Uh, you have drop shipping, that's not considered FBA because it, those products aren't fulfilled by Amazon. But then you have wholesale, which is when you purchase product in bulk and then you basically send uh, that inventory, whether you purchase from Sharpie or you know big brands that have a, a, an already established you know name for themselves and then you start selling their products because their listings are already existing on the marketplace. Uh, so you can do that through wholesale. And that is considered FBA because you know those products are sending into Amazon and they're actually fulfilling those products. And then you have private label. So private label is what I mainly focus on or white labeling. Uh, it's also known as that, where you basically are piggybacking off of, you know, not only just Amazon's infrastructure because You know they're the largest marketplace online in the world, so it'd be crazy to ignore them uh, as you know something that you can utilize to your benefit. And when you utilize their infrastructure, like their manufacturing, or sorry, uh, when you utilize their infrastructure, like their uh, fulfillment services, their customer service. You know they have so many different reps around the world that can help provide you 24/7 customer service. Especially if you're just starting out, if you're just starting a business or a brand, there's no way you can, you know, either afford to have 24/7 customer service out of the gate, or even you'd have to do it yourself. But you'd need to sleep, eat, and shit some some point in the day. So, you know, it's not it's not feasible for you to do it all by yourself in the beginning. So, when you leverage a company like Amazon, it's it's this massive infrastructure that you can really tap into and utilize to your benefit. And not only that, but with the private label method, you're utilizing the manufacturer's infrastructure. So their manufacturing processes, their years of experience making a specific type of good, you're piggybacking on their machinery. You don't have to go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on your own equipment. You can just piggyback off of what they already have in place and simply get them to make some customizations and add your branding or your logo. And there's companies like huge brand names, like Kylie Cosmetics, right? They started off as a private label brand, simply piggybacking off of ColourPop's infrastructure for manufacturing, you know, eyelash, um, sorry, uh, for manufacturing things like lip glosses. So it's it's really, really powerful. And it's, it's not something that's new. Private label has been around for a while. But when you pair it with a platform like Amazon, it becomes very, very powerful because you don't really... Need to invest as much as you would if you were starting from scratch.
0: Mm, yeah, and so look, I've become um, interested in this space, and we don't really talk about it like uh, at founder. So um, you know, we, we uh, met you, and you've started many different brands. And one thing that was really unique and interesting to me was was when I have met people in the past, or we have tried to interview successful Amazon founders or founders that have a big Amazon store um, or built their business off the back of Amazon, a lot of them actually don't want to share their numbers. Um, they don't want to share how much they're making. They don't want to share what their products are or what their brands are. And everyone everyone seems to keep it a secret. Would you be able to share with us kind of like, you know, what, what your first month looked like on Amazon? Because yeah, I, I'm curious and like a little bit more, I guess, about kind of the power of the platform, because there's just like, it's a, it's a massive platform and there's so many buyers ready to buy your products. If you find the right one, which we're going to talk about more.
1: For sure. I always thought that that was such a funny thing. It being part of this Amazon space is that everyone kind of has like their products as a closely guarded secret. And I've always been open about, you know, the brands that I've started um, or have invested in or I've worked with. And I think that there's a lot of power in being proud of what you've built and, you know, being not just the face of the company, but being excited to promote it. And I'm sure friends and family would love to support you if you you would share what you're doing, right? Um, Take a look at Tesla, like the reason why it's so powerful is because Elon he's just he's the face of the company. He's not afraid to put himself out there and people relate with people more than they do with just products itself. So I think the reason why a lot of people, you know, want to purchase a Tesla is because they love Elon and everything that he stands for and what he does for the planet. So it's it's really cool that you can not only sell, you know, products to your personal brand that way. Um, But in terms of Amazon, you know, selling on Amazon, no one had heard of Namskara. It was like this, you know, it just started it. Basically um, first month selling on Amazon did about $30,000 in sales. And that was like my year's salary working at BMW. And to me, that was so crazy, right? Just the fact that how were these people even able to find me? Like I had barely done any promotional work at that time. Um, you know, obviously had some friends and family kind of support the brand. But then I remember my first organic sale that like didn't come from someone that I knew. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> I don't recognize this name. I was like, how did they find me? It's so exciting. You know, it's, it's that first sale, it kind of made it all real for me. And it made me realize, you know, there is a lot of power uh, behind Amazon's marketplace. And I should really, really tap into this. So Uh, That's basically when I decided to quit my job at BMW. Um, Actually, the last straw for me was when I booked a vacation. It was for a week long, all-inclusive, going to Mexico, super, super excited. But then it got denied because month end was around the corner and they cared more about their profits over people. And, you know, I I just didn't say it right with me. Like, Having someone tell you when you can and can't take a vacation, like that's absurd to me. Uh, Even though I had two weeks vacation, I never took a sick day. Like I never took a day off. I would come in on my days off and now I'm being denied the two weeks that you guaranteed I should be able to have. It even says in my contract, I get two weeks, you know, out of the year. It's not that much, but at least give it to me, but they couldn't even do that. So it just made me realize I couldn't work for someone else. Um, and that I had to take matters into my own hands. So, you know, selling on Amazon definitely changed my perspective on uh, work-life balance, and now I'm able to work from anywhere in the world. It's really vocation-neutral being able to sell on Amazon or run an online business. I think that's why it's so enticing, and, you know, so many people are interested in the e-commerce or Amazon space.
0: So I'm curious, like, who – who's like the right person to kind of look at this kind of business model um because there's many different business models right if you want to start an online business and at founder we want to give people uh the 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 tools and the education and we go out and find you know people that are actually doing it and we get them to teach on our platform but not only that 99.9 percent of our content is free we put out so much content around all the different kinds of uh, online business models or online businesses you can start and then how to grow those businesses and everything few and far between. So I'm curious kind of for this uh, kind of online business, who is Amazon FBA for and who, who who would you recommend it to?
1: I think Amazon, it it can be very powerful for either people who are looking to start a business and leverage some sort of existing platform. Uh, or it can also benefit people who have existing brands, people that are already selling, whether it's on their own website or through retail, but now want to diversify a little bit and then get their products on Amazon. I think that it's super important for people to not ignore Amazon, just because it's such a you know robust platform where there's so many active users on it, where you just can't ignore it. Like 50% of all online sales in the U.S., are dumb on Amazon, so that's a lot of the pie that you're missing if you're not tapping into Amazon. And if you have an existing brand, you have pro- you can run into problems of people who will actually sell your products on Amazon without your permission because you didn't you know jump on the chance to sell on Amazon first. So that can get really really complicated. Um, so I do definitely recommend at least getting that you know online real estate. On Amazon, whether you're just starting or you already have an existing brand, because if you don't sell your product on Amazon, someone else will.
0: How were you able to go from like zero to $10,000 or, you know, th- for you, $30,000 in your first month? Like, how was that even possible? Um, like, and like, how did it feel to achieve like that kind of success on your journey? Because like I can tell, you know, like just being honest, like for Founder, it took a couple of years. Well, at least over, yeah, at least a couple of years to kind of, you know, get to a quarter million dollars a year. Like you got you got there in your first month. The first month for Founder, we made like the magazine subscription made like a few hundred dollars in the first month. So like, yeah, that's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to, you know, serving the customers and filling a gap or filling the need for a specific product. Like for you, obviously you have, you know, your, your millions of people now uh, subscribing to your content for entrepreneurship. And I think that's amazing, incredible what you guys have done, being able to grow, grow founder to, to the size that it is now, even if it took you a little bit of time, it's still, you know, it panned out and you stuck with it. So I think that's very admirable and you're inspiring the masses by doing that. Um, but You not only are filling a gap, but it's by providing quality products that will then get people to want to come back and repurchase from you again and again and again. So, for example, you know, um, with Orphic Nutrition, we had basically like a 44% repeat customer rate. um, And that's the power of building, you know, a brand, but also products that sell good quality products that actually help people and benefit them and solve a problem. So um, the fact that we're able to, you know, sustain such a high repeat customer rate is also due to the fact that, you know, Amazon has their um, subscribe and save bottle. So we were able to tap into that and, you know, just reoccurring, we would have thousands of people ordering and reordering every single month. Um, And that's also something that attributed to the growth of, you know, that company and brand. Uh, with Namskara getting to, you know, the first $30,000, I thought was going to be the hardest part, um, but it, it did take a lot of sleepless nights, obviously, you know, uh, gearing up for launch, uh, sending people to your listing, figuring out the most effective way to send it, them to that listing. Back then, we used things called like super URLs, but now you have to adapt because things keep on changing. Super URLs are out. Now people are using two-step URLs. And now people are using, you know, Google redirect URLs. So there's like so many things that you have to really stay on top of as you want to grow the business. Um, but yeah, hitting the first 30,000 was surreal. First of all, <laughs> um, honestly, could not believe that that many people wanted to buy, you know, natural oils from me. <laughs> and then hitting a million dollars was another really great milestone in our first year. And I didn't think that it was even possible, you know let alone being able to exit the company as well. So it, it really just goes to show if you build something that people actually want and that people, um, something that's amazing quality and you really focus on building that customer-centric business model, you'll, you'll be, you know, ways and ways ahead of your competition.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I'd love to delve a little bit more for everyone watching, kind of going through your prime product method. So you obviously have a repeatable formula um, and you've done this multiple times. So for anybody watching kind of, what is this method? Can you talk us through it and can you tell us how it works and, and yeah.
1: Yeah, the prime product method is essentially a mental checklist that allows me to determine whether a product is worth selling on Amazon. So, it's kind of like a fun little play on words because obviously, you know, Amazon Prime or Prime Shipping. (laughs) Um, But the P in Prime stands for product positioning. um, And basically, just, you know, looking at the potential product positioning opportunity for you for a specific product. So, if you're looking at, you know, castor oil, for example, this is one of the first products that I ever launched. Basically, looked at, you know, what's selling already on Amazon. And you know this was like four four and a half years ago, um, and obviously the market wasn't as um, filled with tons of like castor oil sellers. But back then there was maybe you know a handful of them selling very very basic castor oil products. the The packaging wasn't as aesthetic. Um, they their marketing wasn't as great. You know their their listings weren't optimized. Um, and I also found an opportunity where I could target a specific niche of people looking to use castor oil for hair growth. So not just that, but also, you know, being even more direct um, with eyelash growth and um, eyebrow growth. So kind of filling that need and seeing if there's a way to position my product a little bit differently and therefore target different types of keywords. So it's not just castor oil, castor oil for hair growth or castor oil for eyelash or castor oil for uh, eyebrow growth. And it really, you know, it added up because not only was I diversifying where my traffic sources were coming from, they're going to different short, uh, different keywords and long-tail keywords. So finding a way that I can position the product that way, but also by providing more value, like adding the, the eyelash wand and the eyebrush wand, and then also making the product organic. And it was certified organic. So, you know, we can use the badge and that helps the listing stand out as well. So there were so many different ways that I could position the product. Um, so from the start, I knew that this, you know, this product had a lot of potential. And then from there, you know, looking at the R and prime, which stands for reviews. So for reviews, you want to go in and look at your competitors listings and see, okay, what are people complaining about? What are things that you can do better? Um, and a great example of this is when we launched our aloe vera gel, we basically went in and looked at all the different reviews and found that the most commonly, com- like the most common problem people ran into and complained about the most was that they smelled, especially if it's just like an all natural um, aloe vera gel with no preservatives or anything like that, people were complaining that it just smelled horrid or rancid. So one way that we were able to combat that is by adding you know, a simple ingredient, uh, we added peppermint oil. So it kind of acted as double duty, not only did it make it smell so much nicer, but it also added a cooling effect for the people who are using it for like sunburns, right? That's what most people use aloe vera for. So if you're finding a more unique way to enhance that experience for the customer and you give it that like cooling effect, people uh, instantly just love the product and ended up selling out, you know, in the first week. So it was, it was great. We had a lot of great feedback uh, with that specific product so finding you know ways that you can improve on a product or solve a unique problem or even repurposing you know a different product for a different use because you never know like the way i like to look at it is find a problem if you can find different ways of solving that problem then um people are going to pay you because they need that solution an example is you know i don't know if you've ever looked up like the chainsaw and how it came to be and why it was invented but it initially started as a way to, you know, cut out the pelvic or the pelvic bone during labor to make it easier. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Crazy. And now it's obviously repurposed to cut down trees and, you know, it's been made bigger and larger to cut (laughs) lumber and it's, yeah. So finding, you know, different ways and solutions for simple products um, or finding ways that you can improve on them. And that's where, reading reviews on those products definitely helps because those are real insights from real customers.
0: Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like they're building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success, you should come and check out our new podcast from zero to founder hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in the trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs, people just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. We won't get too much into the I, M, and E. We've got an awesome free training that kind of goes through this in depth. But what is the I, M, and E, just quickly?
1: I is for in-demand products, so obviously looking for products that You can validate or in-demand things that people are looking for already. And you, of course, can use a bunch of different tools to validate this, like Helium 10. You can see search volume history. You can see what your competitors are selling uh, and how much they're actually selling or how much revenue they're doing every month. Uh, So that's obviously a way that you can kind of validate it. And then you have M, which stands for margins and profits. This is very important because at the end of the day, you are running a business. You have to make profit. You can't lose money. Uh, otherwise, you won't be able to continue operations. So this is very, very important. And then you have E, which is easy to ship and easy to make. Uh, we don't want to go and reinvent the wheel. You don't want to you know, spend too much time on research and development when you're first starting out. If you're very new, to the whole process, uh, you don't want to, you know, spend a ton of money on something that you don't know is gonna work. Uh, so sometimes what we'll do is, you know, find products that we can then improve or make better. Uh, and that way manufacturers already exist for a lot of these base products. So if you wanted to like, for example, make a backpack, you would, but you wanted to repurpose and make it into like a specific gaming backpack with all these different pockets specific for, you know, gamers, you could just find a manufacturer that spe- specializes in backpacks or that specific material, and you can get them to make sort of these custom changes to it. And that's a lot easier than starting from scratch and trying to build out your own backpack from scratch.
0: I see. So like, look, obviously you have a clear formula. It's epic. And um, you know, we go, we go through this and unpack it so much more, um, in our free masterclass, but I'm curious Just uh, like, talk to me about the before, like what hasn't worked? Talk to me about the trial and error to get here because you've done this for a long time now, like, you know, starting brands on Amazon. Can you tell us kind of what, what, what are some of the stories and things that have gone wrong in the early days?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, most people, like successful people obviously learn from their mistakes <laughs> even better if you can learn from someone else's mistakes. So I'm happy to air out my dirty laundry you know on this on this YouTube interview. <laughs> um, but be, one thing that I learned being an Amazon seller is that you really have to be adaptable because things can change. What was working yesterday might not work today. So for example, like back in the day, you could, Use what was called super URLs, and then they got discontinued, so everyone was freaking out. They're like, oh, like, what can we do now? And now two-step URLs became a thing where uh, basically you drag traffic to um, a search result that then tags a specific keyword to your product, uh, and you have to click on your product to get to the actual product page. So rather than sending you know direct traffic to your product page, you would send people through a two-step process to make it look a little bit more organic. And obviously Amazon has timestamps on their URLs. So that's why two steps work really well. Um, Then you have like Google redirect URLs. So they're just like learning all the differences and really just pivoting and really staying on the ball with all the changes in the algorithm. Um, But not only that, like I've run into um, issues with just not uh, having proper... Uh, not having proper quality control in place. So for example, when we had um, we were selling vitamin C serums and one of the suppliers that I order from for the droppers, it was like a glass dropper. We get them overseas just because it was a lot. It was actually just as fast to manufacture and ship it than it was to order directly from uh, one of the manufacturers that were local in the States. So I would get a lot of that um, shipped over and one of one of the shipments, I guess the droppers were like literally two or three millimeters too long. So what would happen is the dropper would touch the bottom of the, the glass bottle. And if you like shuck it around or if you know um the delivery drivers weren't careful with the packages, they just throw it on the on the 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 porch, um it would actually like rub together and then shatter. So it was like this huge liability where it was like, oh my God, like people are going to sue me because they're going to cut themselves. Or so I was like freaking out when I got the first complaint about it. They sent me pictures and, you know, they sent a picture of like their thumb was like a little bit red because they had like cut themselves. So obviously I like apologized profusely and like offered to give them a refund and then obviously sent them like a replacement as well. Um, as well as you know another product of their choice. So it was like, I'm so sorry that this happened And you know being um, we had a customer service rep at the time and obviously I wanted to take care of it myself just because it was a, a big liability that something could happen because um, obviously if you don't have insurance in place, like it can get really ugly. <laughs> so uh, ended up having to recall that batch so but it was a, it was a small batch. it was only like2,000 units. Um, and luckily we had, a lot number on our products so we can kind of tell what products were affected by that production run so basically i did a recall so obviously that's you know loss of money <laughs> um and it was an expensive mistake not checking to make sure that it fits uh properly and not doing the proper quality control but then you know the kicker was um we didn't want to waste even more money by like throwing out the rest of the droppers because we had like bulk ordered these droppers from overseas so now I'm stuck with another like 4,000 droppers that can't be used so I'm like okay ship them to me I'm gonna and then my supplier sent me like replacement dropper heads so then I basically had to like replace them all in my living rooms I remember me and my boyfriend literally spent like days just like replacing these freaking droppers just to make sure that we didn't like take a total L on that that one mistake so It was one way that we had to, to recoup our losses by being able to reuse those. And then we use that for like the next shipment and sent it into our manufacturer and let them know, you like, make sure you double check, triple check, quadruple check in case this ever happens again.
0: Yeah. Wow. That would have been painful. I know it would have been fun at the start doing the dropper thing and replacing each one, but then yeah, after like probably the few hundred, you're probably sick of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, "Woo, look at this. We're bootstrapping. We're, <laughs> this is fun. And then we had like a system in place too. So like my boyfriend, he like figured out the most optimal way to like remove them and would just like, he would be the one removing it. And then I'd be the one putting them in and he would like sort it in like different bowls. It was just like this whole, whole process that we after do, after doing
0: it for hours, had
1: had figured out worked best.
0: <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, so, Kind of the next step is like, let's just say use prime product method, kind of, um, you know, you find out a product that you think is going to sell well on Amazon. What's the next steps around kind of manufacturing? You know, what do the logistics look like?
1: Yeah. So this, it depends on the type of product that you want to manufacture. So typically uh, I tell people anything that goes on your skin or in your body. So like anything that's topical, like skincare or, you know, that goes in your body, like health foods or supplements. Uh, you typically want to manufacture them, you know, in the States, uh, in the U.S. in an FDA registered facility. Uh, everything else you can basically get, you know, overseas. And sometimes in the States, actually, you'd be surprised by what can actually be manufactured in the U.S. Um, so things like packaging, uh, like I said, bottles, droppers, that type of thing we got overseas. But we also have backup suppliers in the U.S. kind of just to streamline our supply chain a little bit. But... If you're looking at sourcing a specific product, um, if it's not too complicated, chances are there's already a manufacturer out there that specializes in the product or type of product, or even uh, your overall theme of product. And you can reach out to them and basically use resources like Alibaba, for example, is a really great way to source. I use Alibaba all the time. Uh, If you wanna source locally, there's ThomasNet, you can obviously use Google as a great resource. And it's really just about getting on a call with these different manufacturers or emailing them, reaching out to as many as possible, just to compare what their capabilities are and figure out who you enjoy working with. Cause at the end of the day, you're building that relationship with them. So has to be someone that you can actually tolerate and you know are willing to work with and you know that they're willing to work with you as well. So just putting that, that personal element um, and letting them know like you're a real human being, you're not just a stack of. You know emails that are coming in um, and you have to really set yourself apart from those different people who are just cold calling and cold reaching out to suppliers because as much as you are looking for a supplier to work with they also vet the people that they work with and manufacture for It's super important that you have you build up that leverage uh with them and that's something that kian talks a lot about in the the course um that you guys are putting out for amazon fba so super, super valuable there. But obviously we can, you know, this is a whole masterclass on its own just to talk about sourcing and manufacturing products. And I'm sure people don't want to listen to me blab about that for, you
0: know, days. Oh, <laughs> good. Um, so then kind of you find your product, then you get it produced, you find the manufacturer. And then like in terms of shipping, you want to make sure it's lightweight uh, ideally. And then, you just ship it to amazon's fulfillment center or and they obviously have many like how does that work
1: yeah exactly so you can ship it directly to amazon so especially if you're you know your supplier or manufacturer is local in the states it's very very streamlined literally just um log into your seller central account and you create a shipping label directly through amazon and you send that to your manufacturer and they can literally send it directly to amazon so off in times, you're not even handling your product, which is really, really cool about this business model. The fact that you don't really have to touch your product, um, and be like the middleman for it. Uh, if you're shipping from overseas, it can get a little bit more complicated because then you have to ask yourself if you want to do sh- uh, shipment by sea or by air. Um, but you can still technically ship directly from overseas to Amazon. Oftentimes I tell people to ship it to 3PL or a uh, uh, like a pre-packaging or um, inspection company first, just so they can, you know, inspect the product before you send it into Amazon to save you any hassle from, you know, quality control <laughs> aspects. That's always good to have a, a second look at it. Uh, but very, very simple. You just it you can create a shipping label within two minutes on Amazon's end and send your product in. They get it checked in and uh, basically your listing goes live and you can start promoting it. You can start, you know, running PPC sending friends and family to your listing, getting people to purchase and support you that way, uh, promoting through social media. There's so many different ways that you can go about promoting the product. Um, and then you'll start to gain, you know, traction. And once you get up in the search results, and ideally you want to be on page one, uh, that's where you see a lot of organic traffic from the 300 million, you know, customers on Amazon.
0: Yeah, amazing. So it really is kind of like pretty straightforward. Um But then I guess some, a lot of people might be thinking kind of elephant in the room is like, is it too competitive? Um, You know, it's 2020, end of 2021 doing this interview right now. Is it still, is it too late to get in? Like, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of uh, people talking about Amazon, you know, it's, uh, I'm curious, like, do you think that, yeah.
1: There's a lot of money still to be made with Amazon. I think it would be um, ignorant to think that there's not like there's opportunity, and you get what you put into it. So if you're planning on selling on Amazon, um, obviously there's gonna be competition anywhere that you go, right? Whether it's retail, whether it's you know selling on your own website, but then on your own website you have to drive your own traffic, but then you're competing with uh, the other people running Facebook ads and their large budgets. So like no matter what, you're always gonna be competing in some capacity uh, to get the attention of a customer. Amazon just makes it kind of simple because people go to Amazon to buy. This is where, you know, a lot of conversions happen. People see a lot higher conversion rates on Amazon than they do with their own website for a reason. It's because people that search on Amazon are already there with the intention of going to buy something. So they're a lot easier to convert. The fact that they have their credit cards saved on file, it makes it such a streamless process. Um, And also knowing that your customer is taken care of end-to-end right? Amazon has customer service 24 seven around the clock. So if someone has an issue with the product, they have someone that they can talk to. So there's a lot more trust on that platform. Now, obviously there's always going to be competition, but the way that you set yourself apart is by building a very strong brand. And that's something that I talk about all the time is you have to build something that's different. You have to build something that, you know, is your own unique, um, has your own mission statement, your own values, things that you know, you can really stand behind and get your customers excited about. So at the end of the day, if you're providing a quality product and a really great brand overall, people are going to buy your product. There's no question about it. And I think that Amazon is actually creating more of a, I think they're creating more of a level playing field in a sense where you can actually compete with like the Johnson and Johnsons of the world or these big brand name companies that are listing their products on Amazon, because more oftentimes than not, like if you search on Amazon for any specific product, most of the time you find brands that you've probably never even heard about. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. There's all these, you know, smaller brands that are popping up on the first page because ultimately they can, they know how to react faster than the big, big, um, big companies out there with lots of oversight so I think that you know it has become, it actually created a level playing field. I'd say.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking like, you know, I was looking to buy some special chairs uh, for uh, you know we've got a uh, our dog's first birthday party this weekend. Oh, I love <laughs> So cute. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just get some off Amazon, could get them fast. And like, I don't care about the brand. Like, it's like, it's like, yeah, there's, you know, I'm not, this is where you go, right? Like, so um, you make a really good point there where you can compete with big brands and uh, you can create brands. Like, you know, there might be an outdoor brand that I never heard of. And then I buy their chairs and then off you go, right? Um, So we have to work towards wrapping up. The last question I have to ask you is like, some people might be a bit skeptical right we've we've uh, asked you to you know create this extremely comprehensive program on our course platform uh you know how to start scale and sell an amazon brand you know everything you've done from doing this multiple times why are you so willing to share kind of your learnings and help others because a lot of people would you know want to keep this to themselves
1: like i said there's so much to go around for everyone there's so much money to be made online on amazon and, you know, like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the key people in my life at the beginning of my journey who pointed me in the right direction or helped mentor me, you know, people who answered my questions when I was lost. And uh, if it wasn't for them, like I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. And I really feel like I need to pay it forward. And this is my opportunity to do that, to be able to help people uh, in such a crazy world shift where you know, having a secondary income is necessary, um, where you need to be able to take control of your own, own life and your own matters. So if I didn't have that same opportunity to learn from, you know, other people, like I wouldn't have what I have today. And I think that it's very important to have an abundance mindset to be able to share the things that you know. And at the end of the day, if I'm also teaching, that means that I'm learning as well. I've always been a firm believer where if you can teach something you end up, you know, just processing it so much better and understanding concepts a lot better and I think that's why it's it's great to kind of be in that position to be able to to help people but also, you know, for my own benefit I'm I'm also constantly learning myself. I'm a student of life and if know someone has a question and maybe i don't have the answer but then i i'm equipped to be able to find out what the answer is very quickly because i know the space very well then i might learn something new myself and that keeps me up to date with everything going on in the amazon world so that way i can you know react
0: uh quickly yeah awesome well look um we'll move to the hot seat round um got a few questions 30 second rapid fire answers uh, the first question is, if you could have dinner with one entrepreneur dead or alive, who would it be and why?
1: I would love to have dinner with my 16-year-old my self, actually. <laughs> if I can, you know, go back in time and tell myself everything that I knew now, I think that would be amazing.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's one thing you wish people knew about Amazon FBA?
1: Amazon can be your friend if you like it. I think a lot of people are afraid of Amazon, but you really need to embrace them. You know, the saying is true where like, if you can't beat them, join them. So (laughs) I think the same is true with Amazon and you really get what you put into it. So if you go into this, you know, with the mindset of taking this seriously, treating it like an actual business, because at the end of the day, Amazon can be one aspect or one facet of your business, but you need to treat it like one and you need to treat it like a separate business. Because the Amazon, you know, I guess, business model, it's its own thing. And it's very different from how you would sell on your Shopify store or how you would sell to retail. So very, very important that you take it seriously and that you, you give it the chance that it
0: deserves. Yeah, awesome. And what is one product or category that you think is going to dominate in 2021 and beyond?
1: Um, I think that pet supplies, actually. <laughs> very 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 you know um massive potential for for pet products there's actually a company called zesty Paws and they just sold for 610 million dollars um absolutely insane but i think more and more people especially with the pandemic have you know furry friends pets um and people like myself like i'm a i'm a fur mom so there's no there's nothing i wouldn't do for my dog and there's like no amount of money that i wouldn't be willing to spend on my dog (laughs) to get the best that he deserves you know like whether it's toys like he has probably like 50 different toys he goes through them like crazy i don't know how he does it but he has like really sharp teeth so if someone can create you know a tougher toy that would be great
0: (laughs) yeah awesome well look um thank you so much melissa we will uh Yeah, wrap there. But I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for going above and beyond working with us at Founder, giving back to our community, teaching on our platform. And I'm really, really excited for, uh, yeah, your course to launch and get out into the world.
1: Amazing. Yes, me too. I'm super stoked. And obviously, thank you guys for the opportunity to, you know, be able to give back to your community, as you said. And
0: thank you so much. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview.